0: We're in the book of Jonah, and we're going to start looking at Jonah's psalm in the second chapter tonight. And last time uh, we looked at Jonah being swallowed by this big fish. We're not told that it's a whale, but it was probably a whale. And this is God's way of bringing his backsliding prophet back. And that is why we're looking at this book. Uh, If we're honest, even if it's not outward backsliding, we're probably in our hearts, drifting away from the Lord, and God uh, does not want spoiled children. He loves us too much for that. He will draw us back to himself, and we're seeing how he's dealing with his servant here to learn how he can deal with you and with me. So I mentioned a few Sunday evenings ago that Jonah was in the school of Jesus Christ, and we are all in that school. And here in this psalm, he's in the belly of the whale. I know of no better school to be in as a believer than the school of the belly of the whale now i went to bible college and that was good some of the best years of my life there are some here who are studying now in seminary but you will learn things in the school of the belly of the whale that no bible college will be able to teach you now before we look at some of the lessons that jonah is learning in the school of the belly of the whale the school of christ let's just look at this psalm in terms of the structure because it's poetry and whenever you come across poetry in God's word, you mustn't take it literal. Uh, The psalmist will be using metaphors, uh, pictorial language. Uh, So Jonah just gives an introduction, a summary uh, in the second verse. I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. That's the pattern in this psalm. I was in terrible, terrible straits, and I prayed to God, and he delivered me. That, that's the basic uh, pattern of the psalm. And then there are three stanzas, just as in our hymn book, we have different verses for a hymn. There are three verses, three stanzas for this psalm. Uh, verses three and four. Verses 5 and 6, and then verses 7 to 9. And each stanza has the same pattern. I was in affliction, I prayed to you, and you delivered me. So he's saying the same thing three different ways. Jonah's a preacher, you see. That's what a preacher is supposed to be doing. A preacher is trying to get one message across, and he's trying to say it in as many different ways as possible also in hebrew poetry you have what we call parallelism which is basically similar to what i've just said jonah will say something and then he'll say it in a slightly different way so he's not saying anything new but in this psalm i find as you've got these three stanzas and they are parallel they are saying the same things in different ways. I think there's a crescendo here in this psalm. D- did you notice that? It's going upwards uh, and it ends with, with, with this awesome statement. Salvation is of the Lord. One of my favourite verses in the whole of the Bible. That's the climax. That's the summit of uh, the psalm. And again, you see, I think Joan is a preacher because a sermon Uh, starts low and ends high the crescendo now then let's look at uh, the lessons that Jonah and we can learn in the school of the belly of the whale have you been there the school of the belly of the whale I want to look at the first seven verses of the psalm and I don't want to go through it verse by verse because it's poetry. I just want to look at three different things that the Lord is teaching Jonah and us in this school. Three different things. I'm stealing from Martin Luther here. Martin Luther said, if God is preparing you for something, he was thinking of the ministry, but it can be applied to every Christian. If God is preparing you for something, you will... Learn three things. Do you know what they are? Oratio, prayer. Meditatio, meditating on the word. And Tentatio, tribulation. So, all I want to do tonight is look at the first one affliction, tribulation. This is the first lesson, if you like, we have to learn in um, the school of the belly. Of the whale, I've, I've got another quote from Luther. You, you see, Luther really had graduated <laughs> in this school, so he, he's got so many gems. He said, "Affliction is the Christian's theologian." Isn't that good? Affliction is our theologian. I never knew the meaning of God's word until I came into affliction. Isn't that true of many of the Psalms? Uh, David didn't compose many psalms when things were going well for him indeed when David uh, was taking time off from battle instead of composing psalms what did he do he fell into sin but when David was uh, in dire straits when he was in affliction that's when he penned some of his greatest psalms and it's like that isn't it we learn more when we're in the belly of the whale Than when things are going well so you know there's a difference isn't there between learning something from experience and just learning it from a textbook here is jonah oh he knows the gospel he's supposed to be preaching Uh, and uh, he knows it in his head but the problem is his heart isn't right God is calling him to Nineveh to preach their grace, to preach repentance. But Jonah is reluctant. One commentator calls him Jonah the Reluctant. And he thinks in going the other way, he's doing God's will. But God is in control. And God is bringing him back with those cords of love. God is teaching him in the school of Christ. And God is using affliction to turn Jonah the reluctant into Jonah the willing, Jonah the evangelist. Are you and I reluctant in our standing for the Lord? Are you and I laxidaisical? Are you and I uh, apathetic, laid back? Oh, how affliction wakes us up and causes us to be f- again on fire for the Lord. The school of affliction in the belly of the whale. You can think of it as a class. The class of affliction. Now, look at the terms Jonah uses here to describe affliction. It's very graphic language. Can can you enter into some of these phrases? Uh, just, Just look at what he says. I cried out to the Lord. Verse two, because of my affliction... That means distress. It explains itself. Distressed. You only have to look at somebody's face to know whether they're distressed. Jonah was in distress. And then uh, he talks about Sheol. Uh, Some translate that as hell. Uh, The uh, state after death. Out of the belly of hell, I cried to you. He's reached the bottom. Do you know what it's like to reach rock bottom? Somebody uh, described to me many years ago an experience they had. They said they'd reached the bottom of the barrel. There was no more left. And it was then that God met with him and started blessing them with his spirits. Oh, that's what Jonah is experiencing here. I'm in hell, as it were. He wasn't really in hell, but he felt as if he was in hell. And then he talks about the deep. Verse three, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. Oh, is there anybody here who's at the bottom at this moment? And then look at some of the other words he uses. It's like being overwhelmed. Uh, The floods surrounded me. We don't have to use our imaginations there today, do we? Uh, Did you see some of the photos? Um, I was looking at um, uh, BBC uh, News websites uh, this afternoon and some of the uh, floods in Pontypris, the high streets. Overwhelmed with floodwaters, Uh, Somebody sent me a photo of uh, Pontcana fields. Uh, The taff has overwhelmed the fields. And that's what happens to us when we're in affliction. It's as if we're being overwhelmed. We're drowning in the problems that we are suffering from. And he really uses graphic language. Uh, Look at the words he uses. And there's a bit of humor here. Uh, verse 5 the waters surrounded me even to my soul oh the floods of the taff is nothing compared to what i'm going through the deep closed around me weeds that seaweed (laughs) we can think of him can't we (laughs) wrapped in seaweed (laughs) is there anybody here who's overwhelmed you don't know where to turn to It's not just one problem. Uh, Don't they say about problems, they're a bit like buses? They don't come often, but when they do come, they come all together. Haven't you found that to be the case? It's as if there's one problem, and then there's another problem, and another problem, and your poor mind can't cope with it. You're overwhelmed. Have you ever said, I can't cope? That's what Jonah is saying. I'm overwhelmed. And then there's this feeling of isolation, of being trapped. Uh, where are we? Verse 4 I've been cast out of your sights. Uh, verse 6 uh, The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. It's as if you've got uh, the comforts uh, of life, and there are bars stopping him from enjoying that. Do you feel trapped? I can completely understand a Christian contemplating suicide. If you're trapped and there's no way out but by suicide, I can understand it. I, I really can. That's how Jonah felt. And then, of course, he uses the word faint. <laughs> I fainted verse 7 my soul fainted within me Jesus said man not always to pray and not to faint do you do you faint sometimes Spurgeon in his book on preaching uh, has got a chapter called the minister's fainting fits it's not just ministers that have fainting fits it's believers that have fainting fits now maybe after going through that list uh you'll think well pastor we're, we're not very impressive are we <laughs> jonah he's a bit pathetic and you seem to be saying that you're identifying with him i am i've been in the school of the belly of the whale but do you know what we're in good company we're in good company uh i've been reading the psalms recently uh, incidentally if you ever find yourself uh unable uh, to read the word of God because you don't have the concentration anymore one of the best pieces of advice I was given uh, was forget your normal quiet time forget reading uh, regularly through the word uh, being disciplined forget about it you just can't do it don't feel guilty about it don't beat yourself up about it just go to the Psalms and just immerse yourself in the Psalms and that's what I've been doing and what a blessing it is. What you don't have to concentrate with the Psalms because it's poetry. And do you know what came to me as I was preparing on Jonah in the belly of the whale? David, the man after God's own heart, experienced the same things. Now, if David was the example, and if David experienced these things, I don't think we can have better company than that, can we? Do you know what David said in Psalm 38? Listen to this. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure, for your arrows pierce me deeply and your hand presses me down. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. Mine iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Praise God. that. David was able to say that. And then, when you think of the greatest apostle, uh, the apostle Paul in the New Testament, I read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 at the start of the service. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm sorry, in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. Do you know what Paul says there? Have you ever come across this teaching that if you're really spiritual, you're not meant to have problems? Have you come across that teaching? It's called health and wealth. That if you've got loads of faith you're not going to suffer and i've i've come across um i shouldn't be uh reading some website i know but i've come across prosperity preachers who've said that they've claimed before god uh, a private jet uh, and god has given it to them (laughs) you know the apostle paul didn't have his private jets Do you know what the Apostle Paul said? I'm just reading from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. We have this treasure of the gospel in earthen vessels, jars of clay. How feeble a jar of clay is. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What was Paul's experience? No problems? Not at all. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed didn't we pray before i was ill that the lord would visit us um i remember some of you praying on wednesday nights that the lord would really bless me and meet with me and meet with us as a church my friends how does that happen it happens often in the school of the belly of the whale. If we want to know Christ visiting us, it won't be in just a wonderful way. It will be preceded by us going through the school of the belly of the whale. I believe God is working, you see. I I believe God is moving in the top of the mulberry bushes. And the fact that things get harder for us is just proof of that affliction the school of the belly of the whale we're in good company we really are and i haven't mentioned the greater than jonah jesus christ a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief If if you want to read about some other men and women of god who have been in this school. I can highly recommend John Piper. He's got loads of mini biographies, and they've put them together now in big, in a big <laughs> tome, and it's well worth reading. And I just want to read a quotation from this. You know, when I came out of Bible College, I thought I knew everything, and I was inflicted upon the poor folk in Carlisle, much godlier people, much more experienced saints. And they had this young preacher who thought he had the answers. Thank God for the school of affliction. (laughs) You know, it's easy for us preachers to try and preach before the kind of congregation we would like to have. But you're real people. And I'm a real person as well. This is what John Piper says. When I stand to lead the people to worship on Sunday, I know he's talking about William Cowper, who suffered really badly. I know there are William Cowpers in the congregation. Maybe there's a William Cowper here tonight. There are spouses who can barely talk. There are sullen teenagers living double lives at home and school. There are widows who still feel the amputation Of a 50-year partner there are single people who have not been hugged for 20 years there are men in the prime of their lives with cancer there are mums who have carried two tiny caskets there are soldiers of the cross who have risked all for jesus and bear the scars there are tired and discouraged and lonely strugglers shall we come to them with a joke They can read the comics every day. What they need from me is not bouncy, frisky smiles and stories. What they need is a kind of joyful earnestness that makes the broken heart feel hopeful and helps the ones who are drunk with trifles sober up for greater joys. My friends, there's too much glibness, isn't there? There's too much... How can I put this without offending anybody? There's too much doerness. Life is real. And it's only when we begin to learn in the school of affliction that we'll be able to be of use. Thank God for this school of affliction in the belly of the whale. Now, let's just look at... Some lessons we learn, I I haven't got much to mention, but this school of affliction teaches us, like Luther said, it's the best theologian to teach us about God, to teach us about God. Uh, Before I went to Bible College, I did a four-year training course with the Evangelical Movement of Wales. It was a uh, Welsh-speaking course, and we were given an essay entitled The Providence of God. What an essay: "The Providence of God: How God is in control of everything." And we were all looking forward to write this essay. One person who was doing the course, during the time he was preparing to write the essay, had a terrible tragedy occur. They lost their seven eight-year-old son. He drowned. And he said afterwards, I had to write an essay on the providence of God. Now I am really learning about the providence of God. You know the difference? You know the difference? Uh, Job said, what did Job say? I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye sees you. The psalmist said, Psalm 119, verse 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep you a word. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The man who experienced that terrible tragedy, he said, and another person in the church where they were worshipping at, said to me, they've never known such a sense of heaven since that accident happened. They wouldn't wish that upon anybody. It was a terrible tragedy. But they can look back and they can look back at the belly of the whale and they can say with the psalmist, it was good for us to have been through that because we've learned things about God that we never would have learned otherwise. The school of affliction, the theologian of affliction, Affliction. Now, look at some of the terms that Jonah uses. Um, I want to try and uh, get you to understand some of these things. Chapter 1, verse 15. Chapter 1, verse 15. The sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. Right, Jonah um if you were being picked up by sailors and thrown into the sea you would know wouldn't you (laughs) so jonah is fully aware that these men are responsible for their action look at his psalm verse three what does he say he doesn't say those sailors threw me into the sea what does he say you lord cast me into the deep isn't that amazing This school of affliction, in the darkness, in the dankness, in the stench of the belly of the whale. Who would want to be there? But there, Jonah is beginning to learn. It's God that's behind everything. John Newton said, there are no second causes. God isn't the author of sin. We are all responsible. But God's sovereignty, God's providences are such that He is behind everything. And God could, and Jonah could see. Can you see? It's the Lord. We're told that God prepared a fish. I'm sure some people would think, what a coincidence. There are no coincidences. What a stroke of luck. There is no such thing. There are God incidences. Do you see that? Uh, John Newton, I'm going to mention him towards the end. John Newton, a wonderful pastor. He really comforted those with the same comfort. He was a slave trader, that's why. And he was saved. And he was a real comfort to people around him. Do you know what John Newton would do? If he knew somebody was going to come and see him. Instead of worrying, what's this person going to say? (laughs) and getting all agitated he would see everything as a new opportunity from God he would say the Lord has got something to say to me in this situation so here is Jonah with his terrible affliction you know I can't think of anything worse than being in the belly of the whale yet he sees God's hand now if you're in the belly of the whale at this moment, I don't know what situation you're in, can you say, I'm learning about God. I'm learning about his dealings uh, with me. I just want to mention, I've got a few examples just to help us. I know I don't want to give too many examples, but I know some of you in this church have been helped by John, Johnny, um, Johnny Erickson Tada. Uh, she's bound to a wheelchair. I don't think she can use her hands either. I... Um, I just want to read some words. It's quite lengthy, but this is what she learns in terms of God's dealings with her. I, j- I just find it helpful to look at a person who's really suffering and to see how they are dealing with it. And then to see myself and say to myself, look, they're really having it bad. And you're just complaining about much lesser things. Listen to this. Jo- Johnny's well worth reading. I... R- This is amazing what she says i really don't mind the inconvenience of being paralyzed if my faithfulness to god in this wheelchair will bring glory to him when god brings suffering into your life as a christian be it mild or drastic he is forcing you to decide on issues you have been avoiding that's what was happening with jonah he is pressing you to ask yourself some questions am i going to continue trying to live in two worlds obeying christ and trying to obey my sinful desires or am i going to refuse to worry and to be grateful in trials am i going to abandon my sins am i going to be like christ he provides the suffering but the choice is yours and mine you know suffering will either drive us further from the Lord or it'll draw us closer to him. Nearer, my God. Nearer to thee. Even if it be a cross that raises me. Johnny goes on to say, Today, as I look back, I am convinced that the whole ordeal of my paralysis was inspired by his love. I wasn't a rat in a maze. I wasn't the brunt of some cruel divine joke. God had reasons behind my suffering, and learning some of them has made all the difference in the world. There's no such thing as second-class Christianity. God is in control, and whatever situation you're in, it is because God has put you in that, and he wants you to learn something. If it's the belly of the whale, you can learn about God and His providences. And then let me hurry on to one other lesson, and this is the lesson of faith, isn't it? And um, Spurgeon said, "The tears of affliction are often needed to keep the eye of faith clear." Yeah, isn't that good? The tears of affliction are often needed to keep the eye of faith clear." Listen to Peter. Uh, we were in one, Peter. Uh, and peter reminding those christians who were suffering persecution we haven't got to persecution yet have we Uh, if persecution was to happen it would be god in control and peter says what does he say you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you've been grieved by various trials why that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it be tested by fire may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of jesus christ my friends our faith isn't perfect our faith is mixed with dross what does affliction do it burns away the dross it causes us to come to the place where we say not just with jonah but with job even though he slay me yet will i still trust in him that's faith That's faith at its brightest. It's easy to say I believe when everything is going well. It's easy to say I know whom I have believed when we have an assurance. But when he's cast us away from his presence, when he's hiding his face from us, when heaven is as brass, to say then I still trust in him. That's the greatest faith. Can you say that? Copa, Um, Owen Batstone will tell me off. Owen says it's Cooper. Well, I'll say Cowper. Cowper learned this lesson. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning Providence, behind the clouds, behind the storm, He hides. A smiling face. Uh, Augustine of Hippo said, God as our Father loves us as if we were the only person in the world. And whom God loves, he chastens. We have to be careful saying that today. Um, We've all been shocked at some of the allegations and uh, revelations that have come out in some of the... Uh, Christian camps in England, haven't we? Over these last few years. uh, About uh, one man in particular using such verses whom the Lord loves, he chastens, to give uh, physical beatings uh, to uh, young men. uh, Using uh, physical beatings and uh, the sight of blood uh, as a means of Encouraging us uh, to follow after the Lord—that's horrible. Do you know what that is? Uh, Meryl Davis has touched on that kind of thing in his book. It's spiritual abuse. Listen, when God says, "As a wise father, I chasten," it's—it's it's not abuse. It's love. It's real love, not sentimental love. It's love that won't spoil his children. Jonah was experiencing it. We have experienced it. This is love. Now let me just finish. Uh, oh, my friend. Can, can you say with cowper? I want to just encourage you. Ye fearful saints. Fresh courage take. You know, you may be in the belly of the whale at this moment. You know God's nearness, don't you? Even if you don't feel his nearness, you're trusting in him. Because it's often when things are going well that we forget about him. And when God removes the props and we find ourselves in the storm, then we are often in a better place spiritually. But for those of you who are not in the belly of the whale and you're worried about what may happen, are you like that? I'm often like that. I think, what would I do if I was in the storm? Listen to Cooper. Fresh courage take. Those clouds on the horizon that you so much dread. Yes, it's a storm, but they're big with mercy and shall fall in blessings on your head. Who knows this might be God's way of drawing you near to him. John Newton, William Cowper, do you know they were neighbours in Olney? Uh, Where's Olney? Is Olney in Buckinghamshire or Northamptonshire? I don't know, somewhere in the Midlands. And uh, I I don't know, did did they live back to back and did um, Cooper have a a little um, gate that he could go uh, from his back garden into Newton's back garden? That's how I imagined it. I don't think it was like that. But apparently they used to, Cowper used to go into Newton's study often with all his problems and Newton would just encourage him. But they would walk, Newton would walk Cowper home then and they would just encourage one another with these things. I just like to imagine Cowper being overwhelmed with problems and going into his back garden and opening the gates and then finding himself in Newton's back garden and knocking the door of the study. <laughs> May we be Newtons. May we be Barnabuses, sons, daughters of encouragements. It's tough, isn't it, at the moment? Don't you feel your arms hanging down? Don't you feel your knees feeble? And I'm not just thinking of those who've just had knee surgery. Spiritually now, don't you? Let us lift one another's arms. Let us be honest with one another. Let us not be so respectable that we hide, as it were, under a reformed evangelical mask. Let church be a place, like a dulem's cave, when David was fleeing from Saul, and he gathered in this cave with all the maim, with all the weak, with all that were afflicted, and they were motley crew of people encouraging one another in that cave. May this church be such a place. May may we be those who don't judge, but because we are in the school of affliction, may we be gentle with one another. Uh, Well, I don't know what this week has in store, but I know one thing, our father's in control. And whatever will happen, he will overrule it so that we can learn Something of him. John Flavel, uh, the men's uh, reading group, are going to start a John Flavel book. Uh, There's another John Flavel book. I don't want to give you too many books to read. The Mystery of Providence. We don't understand providence. But Flavel talks about communing with God in his providences. Wonderful. Commune with him. See a problem, not as an obstacle, but as a door an opportunity to learn more of God and to trust him more.